Welcome on in, guys. It is time to recap and react week three in the Big 12 Conference, and it was definitely better than week two, no doubt about that. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet, and we are here on not just Facebook Live. We're also on Instagram Live. We are going to be up, of course, on YouTube and the podcast as well. And if you're on the podcast, leave us that rating and review, and we will get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. When you subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, and then send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So let's just look big picture here. The Big 12 goes 7-0 and in the non-conference games that it had uh, this weekend. That's definitely a good bounce back. Now, some of the opponents were lesser opponents, but overall, Big 12 had a, had a very good weekend. And now we can dive into the games. We'll go in order. And by the way, our picks went 4-4 four and four against the spread. Uh, not, not happy with that um, at all. But 4-4, four and four, considering we got off to an 0-2 start, I'll take it. Oklahoma-Nebraska. The story coming out of Oklahoma. Is this team overrated? I mean, that's a fair question to ask right now. If this team does not have the defense that it has on that defensive line with Perrion Winfrey, with Nick Benito, with uh, Jalen Redmond, I mean, these guys were monsters yesterday. They had five sacks and 10 tackles for loss against the Huskers. If they don't have this defensive line, Oklahoma loses this game. And let's not forget, if special teams didn't go their way, Nebraska missed two field goals. And then, of course, you had the extra point returned by Oklahoma for two points. That's that's seven points right there Nebraska left on the table. And that's two points Oklahoma got that they probably shouldn't have gotten. Like, Oklahoma could have lost this game. If you look back on this yesterday, Oklahoma could have easily lost this game. And uh, they got out of there with a 23-16 win over Nebraska. It wasn't pretty at all. But I keep wondering about Spencer Rattler. I mean, forget winning the Heisman Trophy. People are talking about this guy as the number one pick in the NFL draft next year. And, I, I, I mean, at this point, I'm wondering if he's the best quarterback on his own team. Like, that's seriously what I'm wondering when I watch Spencer Rattler. He looks uncomfortable in the pocket. He looks uh, – he's backpedaling a lot. He's throwing in the double or, or triple coverage as I'm watching that game yesterday. It just was, was an ugly scene for Spencer Rattler. Uh, so he's got a lot of work to do. He's definitely out of any Heisman contention through three weeks, unless he totally turns it on. Forget Heisman trophies. At this point, he's just got to you know, w- win some conference games. But Oklahoma does not look anywhere close to the team that I thought they were going to be and that most of us thought they were going to be, not just the Big 12 favorite, which I still would consider them the Big 12 favorite, but also a team that is capable of competing for a college football playoff championship. Bart on Facebook Live, Rattler looked or Rattler looked rattled. Uh, how long did it take you to think of that one, Bart? Nice job there, buddy. Well done. Uh, he did look rattled. And, I mean, this Nebraska defense is decent, but they lost to Illinois in week one. And he was on his own turf, his home turf at 11 a.m. I mean, how rattled can you look in Lincoln Riley's offense with the weapons that you've got? Now, granted, the OU offensive line is not as good as it's been in recent years. It's just it's got a lot of new faces on it. They're working their way through kind of molding together. So I think the offensive line is going to be a lot better come November. But in the meantime, you got, you know, conference games, you got to win. If you're Oklahoma, you you probably have to run the table in the Big 12 to 
make a college football playoff based on how things look like they're going this year, right? Because Clemson's going to have uh, a case to make if they roll through the ACC and their only losses to Georgia. Georgia's going to have a case to make if they go through the SEC and they lose to, let's say, Alabama in the SEC championship game. So if you're OU, you can't slip up, especially since I'm just not sure how good the rest of this conference is right now. But OU, the story is, are they as good as we thought they were going to be? And through three games, I don't see how you could come out of it saying yes. Then you've got the West Virginia Mountaineers pulling off the top 15 upset against Virginia Tech. All right. There's the good side of this game, and there's the bad side of this game. The good side of this game is Letty Brown. Someone asked on Instagram Live, is he the best running back in the Big 12? Right now, yes, he is. All right, the guy had 195 total yards when you combine the rushing yards with the receiving yards. That 80-yard touchdown on the second play of the game for the West Virginia Mountaineers got that game on the right foot for West Virginia. That's what got this thing going early. Jarrett Dagey needed that. The offense needed that. And Letty Brown brought it on Saturday in that you know uh, 80-yard touchdown run to start things off. The defense, outstanding. I mean, our players of the week, I do players of the week. You can see it on the website at heartlandcollegesports.com. And my offensive player of the week was Letty Brown. My defensive player of the week was Jared Bartlett, who had three sacks and three tackles for loss. Dude was a beast at linebacker for the Mountaineers. Uh, Just an absolute stud. So that's the good. The bad out of this game, though, is the fact that Jared Dagey basically tried to lose it for him. I mean, that interception at the end of the game, when you're up by six with two minutes left, and all you got to do is really uh, three and out is fine, kick the ball down the field, let your defense do its thing, get out of there with a win. Uh, That's all you got to do. Daigie throws an interception. West Virginia takes down to the goal line and thankfully does not score. But holy cow, and the, the, the officiating... Uh, not the officiating, the announcers were like, yeah, that's the competitiveness in Daigie. He's just too competitive sometimes. Guys, stop giving him the benefit of the doubt, all right? It's not about Daigie being too competitive. It's not about that. It's about the guy just not being a very good quarterback. I mean, call it what it is. That that's That's the story here, that the dude ain't a very good quarterback. And he has not progressed from the end of the 2019 season. He feels like he's the same guy that last month of 2019, that he is right now. He didn't really progress through 2020. I haven't seen any progression this year. Uh, I, I, I just, it doesn't seem any different to me. So I'm not sitting here and I'm like, yeah, rah, rah, Jared Dagey. No, I, I am. I mean, I've been off the Jared Dagey bandwagon for a while, but the boneheaded moves, the fumble in the second half, that interception at the end of the game, I mean, it, it's like he tried to blow it for him. That, that's that, that, not, not that I'm not insinuating he did in any way, but as poor as that play was down the stretch from Jared Dagey, it's like, what is this dude doing? So, I, I mean, this team will go as far as Letty Brown and the defense will take him. They will stay in games because of that defense. But, I mean, in terms of being a top team in the Big 12, I have a hard time seeing that unless the quarterback play drastically improves for this program, drastically improves. Now, speaking of quarterback play and exceeding expectations, that is what the Kansas State Wildcats did. They were underdogs at home against Nevada, and they ended up winning this game 38-17. to Unbelievable performance 
uh, for a team that, by the way, is in the top 25 of the AP poll. I just saw that before we went live here. Uh, just saw it in the top 25 AP poll. Kansas State number 25 this week. And Will Howard, in place of Skylar Thompson, finally looked like the guy that Chris Kleiman's been talking about for the better part of, jeez, uh, six months in saying he's got one of the best backup quarterbacks, if not the best backup quarterback in the entire Big 12. Will Howard yesterday, 7 of 10, 123 yards, one touchdown pass on the ground, 12 carries, 56 yards, two touchdown runs. He was everything that you would have hoped for in that game, in that spot. And then, of course, Deuce Vaughn doing Deuce Vaughn things, 23 carries, 127 yards in that game. So uh, both guys were really strong, really solid, and the defense – Damn, this defense, man, 25 rushing yards they gave up this defense. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable when you look at that. 25 rushing yards for this defense. Nevada had 23 carries for 25 yards. 1.1 yards per carry for Nevada in this game. And they were going up against uh, Carson Strong, a quarterback for Nevada, who a lot of people believe is going to be playing on Sundays. So this K-State defense is looking better and better, especially after what it did to Stanford and what Stanford has done the last couple of weeks. It's been really fun to watch. I've been very impressed by Kansas State, and they had, to me, the performance of the weekend in terms of start to finish and the way they played. I got to get on the fans, though. I know it was hot on Saturday. I'm in Kansas City. I know it was hot out there in Manhattan, but that stadium appeared to filter out at halftime. And, and I mean, come on. You're, you're not playing here. You're not playing uh, nobody. I mean, you're playing a, a solid Nevada team. Uh, you're at home. It's your best non-conference opponent at home. I mean, show show that support for your guys. Come on. It was a close game at halftime, too. You're only up, what, it was 17-7 to at halftime of this game? I, I love you, K-State fans. I've been to multiple games in Manhattan. Great atmosphere. But that was uh, that was surprisingly disappointing as far as I'm concerned. But K-State did get it done, did get a great win. Let's go to some of the uh, – let's get to this Baylor-Kansas game, and then I want to get to some of your comments uh, that are coming through on Facebook and Instagram Live. Okay, Baylor-Kansas. The Bears smoke KU 45-7. to I want to believe that this Baylor team can contend near – not at, but near the top of the Big 12. I just need to see it to believe it. I don't know why this is so difficult for some Baylor fans who think I hate their team. I don't hate your team. Unlike many Big 12 media, I like Baylor. I've been to games in Waco. I've got, you know, great relationship with the guys at Sikkim 365. I would call some of them not just acquaintances, but, you know, professional friends. They're good people, and I like this program. I don't rag on Baylor like a lot of Big 12 media do because of some of the things in the past. I don't. But it's not and should not be difficult to understand that you have played the weakest first three games in the Big 12. Texas State, who just lost to Incarnate Word on Saturday. Texas Southern, who's a terrible FCS team. And Kansas, who may be the worst Power 5 team in America. I'm sorry I'm not giving your team more benefit of the doubt when you're also coming off a 2-7 and seven season. If you were coming off a 7-2 and two season and you're 3-0, and and I'm sitting here you know, giving you a hard time, I kind of get it. But you haven't played anybody. All right? And by the way, you struggled with Texas State. 
which may be the best team that you've played to date, and Texas State just lost to Incarnate Word. You beat oh, Iowa State this weekend. We'll have the conversation, okay? But I, I don't understand why it's such a big deal that I'm not giving Baylor the benefit of the doubt with this 3-0 and start. I, and, and you can say, well, it's not our fault. We haven't played anybody. We can only play who's on the schedule. Well, that's true for Texas Tech, and that's true for Oklahoma State, and their 3-0s are better than your 3-0s based on who they've beaten and who they've gotten by. So, I, I, you know, Gary Bohannon, by the way, has looked solid and very efficient. 19-23 yesterday, two touchdowns, no picks. Abram Smith at running back, another 100-yard game, his third straight to start the year, has been wildly impressive as well, and the defense is doing its thing. Like, I, I really like this Baylor team. I really do, and I want them to be the surprise of the Big 12. But you got to understand, I need to see it first. Now, if even if they just compete with Iowa State this weekend, if it's like that 2019 game, what was that 2019 game? It was like 21-20. Iowa State won that game, as I recall. Oh, no, Baylor won the game in 2019. That's the year they got to the Big 12 title game. Um, if, if it's a 21-20 game either way, all right. I mean, Baylor's, you know, Baylor can play at the top of the Big 12. But right now, I, I, I just I, I can't do it right now. And I, that should not be a controversial statement for me to make. But it seems like for too many Baylor fans, it is. And trust me, it's nothing personal. It's nothing anti-Baylor. It's just, uh, it's just understanding, you know, what this uh, what this team has done right now. Do I regret saying Baylor by a touchdown? No. All right. So here's the controversy. There, I didn't write the Baylor Kansas preview. Our guy Matthew Postens did. I'm not throwing him under the bus. He wrote the preview of that game. My name showed up as the title uh, uh, of the author of that article because we forgot to switch it behind the scenes in my picks against the spread, which I put up on the podcast and I wrote about on Thursday, I took Baylor minus 18. That was one of my wins this weekend. I was all over Baylor minus 18. I picked them to cover the spread in the podcast. Go listen to it. It's, you know, I can't, I can't change the podcast. It's up there. It's done. Uh, You can see it on the website as well. I was on Baylor minus 18 and I did not write the official preview. So there was a misunderstanding there. All right, so before we continue to the rest of the games, we're just going in order, by the way. Let me get to some of the comments uh, that are right now rolling through on Instagram Live and on Facebook Live. Uh, Let's see. Pete, do you think TCU should be in the top 25? No, no. I mean, I I think TCU can be very good, but, you know, they had a bye week. They played Duquesne and Cal. Cal's not very good. Let's see a little bit more. SMU is going to be a pretty good test this weekend. OU's close, just not explosive right now. Uh, when our offense gets in the rhythm, OU will be dangerous. Well, here's the thing. OU's going to be dangerous, but I need to see them, you know, do a little more to be able to compete for a national championship. Uh, you had a hard time thinking West Virginia could win. You obviously don't know the history between West Virginia and Virginia Tech. Uh, one of the most overrated things in in all sports, but especially college sports, is that History between two teams that haven't been in the same conference in a decade matters. History is not why West Virginia won this game yesterday. History has nothing to do with why West Virginia won this game yesterday. West Virginia won this game because it got out of the gates hot. Letty Brown did exactly what he had to do with an 80-yard touchdown run because the next drive, what happened? West Virginia, Virginia Tech overplayed the run, and Jared Dagey, 
uh, you know, got that touchdown in the corner of the end zone for the second score of the game, and WVU was up 14-zip. I mean, that's why they won this game, and then they held on for the win, thanks to its defense. It has nothing to do with the history between these two teams. Like, the guys playing in this game weren't, uh, were in, what, third grade when these two teams were playing in the Big East together? I mean, come on. It just that, that doesn't matter. The history doesn't matter. It's like saying, yeah, Nebraska played Oklahoma tight because they were fired up for the game of the century. No, 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 no one cares about that. No one cares about that on the field. Nebraska played OU tough because they're OU, because they wanted to go down there and beat the number three team in the country. That's why. All right. So uh, there are some of your questions, and I'll keep taking some of those comments on Facebook Live and Instagram as well. Uh, Before we continue, though, this show is sponsored by our friends at mybookie.com. With our promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, you can get a 100% sign-up bonus. Double your money when you deposit at mybookie.com with our promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 to double your money. you got the NFL coming up. You've got you know Chiefs, Ravens tonight, Patrick Mahomes. I just placed a little wager on there at mybookie.com. The Chiefs are minus 3.5 in that game, by the way, for those interested. Yes, it's on the road. Yes, it's in Baltimore, but I'm in Kansas City, so you know where I'm going. All right, you know what I'm doing. But they have just a great platform. They've been really good supporters of this show for four years now. And we hope that as a result, uh, our our old and new listeners will support them and and place all your not just Big 12 bets, but any bets, NFL bets at mybookie.com. And they'll make it worth your time doubling your money with our promo code Big 12. That is Big 1-2. All right, Texas rolling rice 58 zip. Think there was a little uh, tough week in practice there from Steve Sarkeesian? What do you think? Casey Thompson looked good, by the way, replacing Hudson Card at quarterback. I don't know what you do now. I mean, it was Rice, so uh, I don't know how far you can take it in terms of what that means, but Thompson looked great. 15-18, 164 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Uh, You know, he he didn't do much on the ground, but he got it done through the air, and I think that Sarkeesian's going to play both of these guys moving forward until he figures out who exactly is going to be the person who can who can lead this program and lead this team going forward. That's that's what I think he's going to do. I still think you'll see more of of Hudson Card and Casey Thompson going forward for Texas. But they blew out Rice. They covered the 26 by a mile. That was one of our picks this week. So Texas took care of business. Not a ton to take out of the game outside of the fact that the quarterback battle continues. And Bijan Robinson's a stud. 130 yards, three touchdowns. Just unreal. Uh, Texas Tech beating Florida International 54-21. to So uh, Tech's defense still was sloppy, especially in the first half of this game at times. I mean, Tech really should have won this. I mean, they won it by, what, 33 points. They should have won it by more. Like, I, I don't know if you can have a 33-point win and call it sloppy at times, but it was, especially in that first half for Texas Tech. Just penalties and errors and things that, that, you know, just should not be happening for this team, especially against inferior opponents. And if you make these mistakes, by the way, in the Big 12, it's going to be problematic for you. But to me, the game turned on that Marquise Waters pick six early on. That, that's when you felt like, all right, Tech's in control. They're going to get this thing back on track because it was after, if you recall, a muff punt by Texas Tech. And then they turned that thing around. Waters gets a pick six. And Tech was then off to the races, and you started to feel better about this game for the Red Raiders. Uh, putting 54 points on the board will also make you feel pretty good. 
it's interesting what's going on right now when you talk about kind of a, I don't want to say a running back by committee, but you saw a lot of guys get pretty meaningful carries. Taj Brooks, of course, leading the way, but Xavier White, uh, Traderius Towsend, Cameron Valdez all, all look solid in this game at times. And uh, you're going to see more of that, I believe, going forward from this offense. And Tyler Shuck had his best game. Threw for 400 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Overall, a very nice performance for him in this one for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So they are now 3-0. and and they've got that Texas game next week, 11 a.m. kickoff. That's going to be a, a really telling game for both of those programs. I'll put it that way. Very telling game. Then we go to the late-night games. Oklahoma State holding on for a 21-20 win over Boise State in one of the strangest games you will ever see. Spencer Sanders in the third quarter had seven passing yards. And Oklahoma State was up 21-20. There were zero points scored in the second half. Zero. Not one by either team. Not one by either team. It was one of the strangest games that you will see. Especially coming from an Oklahoma State program that, I mean, when's the last time you had a quarterback throw for 82 yards, which is what Spencer Sanders did. And not just in, in, in any game, when's the last time that happened? Never mind win a game. It's just crazy. Jalen Warren won this game on the ground for the Cowboys. He had two rushing touchdowns, 218 yards, seven yards of carry. He looked really good for the Pokes. And Mike Gundy just ran the ball, I think it was 20 straight times or 20-something straight times in the ground. It was like, you know what? We're going to keep doing this because we can't pass the ball, and you guys can't stop the run there for the Broncos, so we're going to keep hammering this thing on the ground. But it was one of the most bizarre games you will ever see. And then, of course, they get the tipped, uh, tipped field goal attempt by, uh, by Oklahoma State on a 36-yard field goal that would have basically won the game for Boise State. And a tipped field goal ends up holding this game on and, and allowing Oklahoma State to come out with a win. So that's how this one ended. Very strange. But if you're Oklahoma State, you kind of are like, how are we 3-0 and right now? They could have easily been 0-3. They could have lost to Missouri State. They could have lost to Tulsa. And they could have lost to Boise State. But this team, miraculously, is 3-0 and in non-conference play. And now you get ready for Kansas State this weekend, which is going to be so much fun for both of these teams. It might be like 13-10. Like that, This game between Oklahoma State and Kansas State it might be a 13-10 game. But the big news, too, coming out for Oklahoma State is that Trey Sterling, star safety, is done for the year with an injury, and that is a huge loss. Uh, we thought this guy was going to be first-team All-Big 12 this year, and now he's done. And then you had the late-night matchup. The late-night matchup here. And by the way, throw your questions on Facebook Live and Instagram Live. We'll get to those in comments coming up in a couple of minutes. Iowa State steamrolling UNLV 48-3. to 48-3. Iowa State over UNLV. And I don't know if you saw the stands there. The game was on CBS Sports Network. Iowa State probably had, from the estimations I saw, 80% of the crowd. I saw someone estimate 28,000 out of about 35,000 were Iowa State fans at that game. For all those idiots in other conferences and media morons in college football telling you that these other eight teams in the Big 12, oh, they don't travel, they, 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 they're worthless. There's no value there. They don't bring anything to the conferences from a TV perspective. 
Look at what Iowa State did in Las Vegas over the weekend. That was as impressive as you can get in terms of showing up with your fan base 1,000, 1,500 miles away and supporting them. Stop with this. There's no value for these other eight teams. There is plenty of value with these other eight programs. And I know that these national media tools want to kill off the Big 12, but they're, they're dead wrong, and you saw that in Vegas on Saturday night. Scott on the Facebook Live, I didn't learn a lot from Iowa State. I, you know, I learned the defense is really good. The defense is really good. They've right now got the best defense in America in terms of yards allowed per game at like 192, I believe is the official number. So that's impressive. Um, very impressive. But outside of that, I mean, yeah, Brock Purdy looked a lot better. 21-24, three touchdowns, almost 300 yards. They rushed for 180 yards. I, I, I think the offense figured something out, but I can't sit here and say the offense is fixed after beating UNLV. Like I, and I'm sure many of you feel the same way. Even Iowa State fans feel the same way. You, you just you can't say, yep, everything's done. We're good here. All right, let's uh, wipe our hands clean and move on to Baylor this week. You still got to have concerns about this offense based on what you saw against Iowa and understanding UNLV is just not a good football team at all. Uh, it's just not even close. They're a really bad football team. So I agree you don't learn a lot about the offense, but you do, I believe, uh, continue to be impressed by this defense, which is right now, I mean, it's not just the best in the Big 12. It's technically the best in the country. And I'd be curious to get your guys' thoughts on this. I wrote about this at heartlandcollegesports.com. But we had 14 straight hours of Big 12 football yesterday, 11 a.m. Central Time until about 1 a.m. when the Iowa State game ended because that game started at 9.30 Central Time. That is, that's, I mean, I listen, I love the Big 12. No one loves it more than me. But that's a lot of football, 14 hours in a row of Big 12 football and that could be the way of the future with BYU joining this conference. And I will talk more about that on the podcast uh, this week. Be sure to check that out on uh, probably that'll drop on Wednesday, I would imagine. So looking forward to that. By the way, if you are on the podcast, leave a rating and a review. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. And that's how you get a free Heartland College Sports koozie as well. Uh, do you think West Virginia has a chance to beat Oklahoma this season? Yeah, I do, Walt. I do. I mean, I think this defense can keep them in the game based on the mediocrity thus far of the Oklahoma offense and the Oklahoma offensive line. I think that they can keep them in the game, and I think that that matters. So I'm not, I'm not going to pick them straight up, but can they find themselves in the game in the fourth quarter? Sure. Absolutely. If they play like they did on Saturday and Daigie avoids a big mistake, absolutely possible. And please, guys, don't forget about our friends at MyBookie.com. College football picks, Big 12 picks, NFL picks, they will double your money on your first-time deposit with our promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 to double your money out of the gates at MyBookie.com. Great partners of ours. Very appreciate them sponsoring this show for a fourth straight year. And we love you guys as well. Uh, enjoy the NFL on Sunday. We've got plenty of podcasts and also video material coming your way this week. And check out all the written content as well at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. You guys have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you this week. Take care.